Welcome to another episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. I am here with me, myself, and I, Life Group Leaders. Pastor Evan is leading a student uh, a student parent meeting for the revival coming up, so be praying for our students this next week as they uh, start meeting for revival this summer. And uh, be praying for their salvation, be praying for many of them to grow in their faith this week, be praying for the host homes, the leaders, the parents, the students, all of those who will be a part of our summer revival for our students. But here, the same thing we want to remind you guys of every week is at Compass. We exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. Life Group leaders, this week we uh, are looking at Life Group application questions from this week's baptism service and the short sermon that we heard on assurance. The title of this last week's sermon was Blessed Assurance, and this comes from the text of 1 John that tells us that we have Scripture, and we have the letter of 1 John particularly, for this reason. In verse 13 of chapter 5, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. It's always been God's will for His children to know Him. And so, life group leaders, this is a especially important life group for you guys this next week as you're doing two things, as you're debriefing and talking through the baptisms, and you're also talking through the application questions concerning these texts on assurance of salvation. I think there's going to be so many opportunities for you to talk to your life group about how they can be sure that they're Christians or even those who have doubts in their faith, looking at First John and figuring out, do we need to understand and look at Scripture and say, as Christians, we can't have assurance. And if you're doubting your salvation, which many Christians will and do, uh, can they have assurance? Or as we're looking at the truth of Scripture, maybe we find that you'd have a lack of assurance because you may not actually be saved. Those are two things we're going to have to help the people in our life group and the people in our, our lives in general help them come to that place of understanding. And the three uh, points that I gave in way of application this week was, one, that you want assurance of faith. Assurance from faith comes from placing your trust in the person and work of Christ. And I hope it was crystal clear that what we're saying when we say place your trust in the person and work of Christ, so many people are tempted to uh, appeal to an emotional experience they had in their life, uh, a pray they a pray prayer, <laughs> a prayer they prayed, or a person who told them about Jesus, maybe an altar call, and we're going to say, well, we don't place our trust in those things. Those things, even for a genuine Christian, may have been uh, a, a time stamp of when I had placed my trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ, but those things in and of themselves did not save me. And then that leads us to, okay, then, what's, then what does it even matter if you know you can barely distinguish the two? Well, here's how that helps. You have to be able to separate the, what, the, prayer, the prayer that I prayed or the altar call from what did I place my trust in? Did I place my trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ when I went to that altar call? Or did I trust in the altar call to do the work to save me, right? Did I trust in the water and the baptism or this action that I'm doing to save me? Or did I trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ on my behalf to justify me before a holy God? Separating these two, I think is going to help people 
understand, uh, number one, what a biblical testimony is, and, and two, which would really be, number one, what actually saves a person. What saves me is, is the person and work of Jesus Christ. And articulating it that way, I think, is going to help so many people understand, oh, I had never trusted in the person and work of Jesus Christ to save me. I had just trusted in all of these other things I was doing uh, in the name of Jesus to save me. And I think that is an important distinction that you can make as a life group leader in your life group meeting this week that I think is going to help so many people understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. The second point there, the God-given capacity and desire to follow Christ faithfully. We talk about this so often here at Compass, uh, but just to reiterate that in short, we can follow Christ faithfully because we have the Holy Spirit in us and we've been given a new heart, a new nature in Christ Jesus that we would be able to follow Christ. And we have that capacity and desire to follow Christ because it was given by God for us. So we don't have to wonder, can I follow Christ? We know that we can and we ought to and we will in Christ Jesus. We may fail, we repent, and we continue moving on in faithfulness to God. And then the last point, you know, persevering in the faith. This is a, a, such a, a kind and such a uh, gracious truth of the Christian faith is that how do I know that I know that Christ has saved me? Because only those who are in Christ are going to persevere in their faith till the end. Um, and this is so important. Like I said in, in the sermon, when we look at texts like 1 John 2.19, when we have to be honest on both sides of this coin. If we want to give real assurance to those who are persevering, then we have to give, in a way, real doubt to those who didn't. And if I want to be persevering, and if I want to be confident that persevering in the faith is a proof of my salvation, then I also have to recognize, as John 2.19 says, that they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are all not of us. And so that assurance also comes with that, uh, with that great concern for those who have left aren't, aren't Christians. And persevering in the faith is for the Christian. And I use that text that I hope was encouraging uh, to you guys in John 10, 27 through 29, when it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. That text is all about the assurance that we have. If we are His, we are always His. And if we are His, we're going to be walking in His ways. And if we're going to be walking in our ways, that means that we've placed our trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ, because that's the only way that we're going to be able to do the other two points in this sermon. So I hope those will be helpful for you as a life group leader. Uh, if you want to hear questions people have had, you can listen in to the uh, Compass Equip podcast for some of the Q&A parts of uh, our, our Sunday morning uh, note sheets. If people scan that QR code there on their notes, they can ask questions, and we'll go over some of those. Maybe you guys can be clued in a little bit to maybe what questions people are asking that you may also be prepared to answer them as, uh, as life group leaders. You guys as life group leaders, you're doing such a wonderful job. I, I want to encourage you guys. It seems like so many people are growing in their faith, and you guys, as you're working diligently, and I will, I want to double down on that. You guys are being diligent. And I pray that you would continue doing so, and you'd begin continue being a conduit in which God is working through the lives in your life group. Uh, of course, in the sermon that I was preaching, there was plenty of notes that I didn't have. I thought 
that I didn't have time to to teach. I thought Second Peter one three through eleven would have been a great uh, verse for me to bring up under point number two. Uh, there, it just makes it clear that that we have this ability for the glory of God that He has granted us the the ability to flee and escape sinful desires and to uh, supplement our faith with virtue, as it says in verse five, and that we would. Uh, make these qualities ours, these steadfastness and godliness and knowledge and self-control. And then it even says in verse 10, to be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. I think that is such a good verse on assurance that we should be diligent to confirm our calling and election, that there is something that we do as Christians as we are being faithful to the word of God and we're submitting to the God-given capacity and desire to follow Christ faithfully, that it does confirm our calling and election as children. Of God, I think that's a great text. If you uh, maybe want to jot that down, Second Peter one three through eleven, you could use that with your group, and that would be wonderful. Because I don't believe in my, I don't believe I have that in the application question. So that would be a verse that maybe they haven't been familiar with concerning uh, their their sanctification. That'd be a great verse for you guys to use there. Uh, I, uh, one last. Yeah, I guess one last thing I would say about the sermon that I didn't get to is, you know, when we think about deconstructionists or those who have deconstructed their faith and those who've left the faith, you know, in in Christendom, in our culture, we can look at those like, you know, and it can really help, it can cause us to lose faith and confidence in the gospel. And those who have deconstructed from the faith, which means they've deconstructed their faith and, and they've dismantled it. And they're trying to get back to what is actually true. And, and when they get through their deconstruction process, they're basically saying, I've kind of I've deconstructed my Christianity and I've left it. Um, and really, these are just the people that we say they've walked away. And it may be disconcerting, but we need to be reminded that genuine salvation uh, is seen as faith is persevering. And those who have deconstructed, there's just a proof of 1 John 2.19. They went out from us because they were not of us, and we know that those who are persevering, uh, we see that as a fruit of genuine salvation. So a deconstructionist, we're just going to understand biblically that that person was never saved because we know no one is able to snatch uh, ourselves out of the Father's hand, even ourselves. And so we should have that perseverance uh, in our faith when it comes to having doubts, even with the people who are deconstructionists and people who have, quote-unquote, walked away from the faith, that we have this great confidence that if we are Christ, we are his eternally, and there's nothing going to keep us away from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. I even talked about that a couple of days ago at a, at a funeral service. It's like, if life and death and angels and demons and principalities or powers or, or nothing, uh, trials and tribulations and uh, all of those things, if nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, you can't even separate yourself from the love of Christ if you are indeed in Christ It's a great confidence that we have as Christians. All right, life group leaders, uh, just a couple of reminders. Uh, We're going to have a, uh, we have a a life group leader training coming up, I believe, next month. I will get that on our next podcast, the date and time for that. But just uh, before that, I want to remind you guys a couple of things. Make sure you're taking attendance. You guys are actually all taking attendance. Sometimes it takes a little longer for you to take attendance. I would just encourage you take attendance as soon as you can after your life group. I think that would be the most accurate time that you can remember who was all there. Uh, also help us kind of keep moment by moment uh, attendance for those who are in your life groups. That would be helpful. And secondly, I just want to remind you guys, 
there should be, coming out of your life group, two weekly emails or text, if you are one of those that have a group text. Uh, one needs to be the life group meeting reminder. Uh, all of our life group leaders or, or somebody that you've you've tapped and tasked to do that in your life group needs to be sending out an email every single week saying, hey, we look forward to seeing you at our life group uh, today or this week, whenever you want to send the, the, the email out. But every week there needs to be this reminder, this touch point where they know that you as a life group leader and the life group in general is expecting them to be there in the life group. And if that's something you got away from, I just want to remind you, make sure that you send out a weekly reminder uh, that reminds your group that everyone needs to be there. There's a place here for everyone, and we expect everyone to be there. And, of course, the second email or text that needs to be sent out is that prayer list that you guys go over. And I just want to give you guys those in way of reminder just as we continue uh, staying on top of our job as life group leaders uh, in our church. One thing that you need to remember when it comes to why we remind people to do these things, I heard the the term or the phrase vision leaks. Uh, and, and really, this, if you think about a bucket, and you know you pour water in a bucket, and at the end of the day, that all these buckets of the world have, have holes in them, little holes at the bottom. And if you pour that water in there, you know over a couple of months, a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of days, depending on how big the hole is, that bucket's going to be dry again. So it's important that we remind each other of the simple things and of the foundational things because we know over time vision leaks, people forget, we don't have a grasp on things the way that we did. And so I just want to give you guys these reminders every week or so of some things we want to make sure that we're doing in our life groups. That way we can keep the bucket full and that we can make sure that for the most part, all of our life groups are congruent across the board. Not that we all don't have our certain personalities or our life groups don't vary in, in small ways here and there, but in general that there's this expectation that across all of our life groups uh, there is some continuity that, that really keeps us within the, the DNA of who we are as a church, that we fulfill the eight distinctives, that we are a community that compels people to great faithfulness. All right, life group leaders, uh, some announcements. Student Revival, as I reminded you earlier, is this week, July the 27th through the 30th. So I want to encourage you guys to be praying for that. Summer camp, we have one camp coming up, science camp, and that cutoff is in seven days, July 30th. If you know anybody who needs to sign up for science camp, have them go online at compasshillcountry.org slash summer camps for that. We have a couple of more things coming up, our churchwide outreach. We is Saturday, August 5th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. We're going to go door-to-door, and we're going to have lunch after that, but we're going to go door-to-door to out into the parks in the community to invite people to our back-to-school bash, which is coming up in August. And we use the back-to-school bash to be an opportunity for new people to come and come to church. And on August the 20th, we're going to have that Sunday dedicated to the back-to-school bash. We're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to celebrate uh, at the 11 o'clock afterwards with a, a big celebration outside over in the pavilion and out, outdoor over there by that side of the building. And we're going to have food trucks, all, all sorts of things. You've seen us do multiple times, but really what we're doing is we want to get as many people here as possible. We want them to hear the gospel, and we want them to plug into God's church. So we're going to have an outreach before that on August 5th to prepare for the back-to-school bash coming up that we'll also be announcing during service. Last two announcements, men's breakfast is August the 12th. It's about three weeks away. Just put that on your calendar, men. Uh, it's this usually the second Saturday of every month, but for some reason, August 5th is not the second Saturday of the month. And so just keep that on your calendar for August the 5th. And then last but not least, 
next baptism service is August 27th. Uh, we are full for that baptism. We may be able to fit one or two more people, but we'll put up a new baptism link as well for September. So if you have anybody who needs to sign up, have them sign up for the August baptism, and we'll open up another one for the September as well for those who need to sign up. All right, Life Group leaders, I am grateful for your work, your diligence, uh, and your, your own perseverance as you are leading well in Christ Church. We'll see you guys this week. Mm-hmm.